0: and uh people know that um we've recently had our year-end appeal that uh, started just after thanksgiving and uh, i have to say the donations in uh, november and december were almost exactly eight thousand dollars people really came up and uh and uh will really help us practice the buddha way provide our space our heat and our xfinity um the ancients never mentioned that there there are koans you know about should we repair the zendo and there's koans there's talks from dogen about um opening the fireplace in the zendo but uh nobody talks about resetting the router this is is a feature of uh, our modern zen i've been thinking about What an interesting community we are. You know, um, every other charity that I give to is doing stuff that I can't do or at a scale that I can't do it. Um, And something similar is often true um, in supporting, you know, uh, spiritual paths in Asia. um, When the monks do uh, specific things for lay people like memorial services. It's customary. Um, it's customary to make a donation, and many smaller temples are supported in this way. And in original Buddhism, uh, there there was this um, you know charitable giving that went on, where lay people supported the monks in their practice. It wasn't that lay people practiced with them because you know, they couldn't leave home? They they had their responsibilities. But they supported the monks because it felt like the monks were doing worthwhile things. So there's been this um, uh, this pattern of some people supporting other people. But uh, we are a community in which, for the most part, giver and receiver are the same. You know, our, our practice is to maintain the Buddha way. And so giving is, is one part of doing it. We just do what is necessary to sustain and offer our practice. We make the donations, we purchase the incense, we like the incense, we offer it, we enjoy the aroma, and we clean up the stubs. We make this place for Zazen and we do the Zazen and we allow the Zazen to do us. I find myself feeling very grateful to be part of this sangha. and I'm beginning to appreciate how central gratitude is to our practice and to our wisdom and how necessary it is. You know, Buddha's early teaching was about suffering and he said the cause of suffering is craving. But the cause of our craving is our separation, our isolation. Our wisdom, you know, helps us to see past our preoccupation with individuality, and it helps us to open up to our interdependent co arising our, our fundamental community with all being. And our gratitude heals our sense of separation. Our isolation. And I've become very interested in looking at what is it in our life? that helps us to transcend our isolation. Because this is the product of our fundamental delusion of our separateness from from other beings. But sometimes, you know, other people break through our isolation. Sometimes someone says something that just captures our feeling exactly. And we don't feel alone when that happens. But sometimes Someone forgives us and we no longer feel alienated. When someone holds out the hope that we can feel whole again, we're very thankful. You remember when Barack Obama, Obama came on the scene, you know, he, came, he uh, took office or stood for election in the middle of the uh, literal torture that was the Bush presidency. And people felt so grateful that they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize. Before he had done anything as president, all he had done was bring hope that there could be peace, that America's isolation from the community of nations might end and that we could feel whole again. When we feel this, when we have the opportunity to feel whole again, we feel gratitude and we want to do it. One of the Japanese words for gratitude has two characters. And the uh, first character means uh, to return and the second means uh, an act of kindness. So the Japanese think of gratitude is returning the kindness. I read an essay recently about a woman who who said she finally got a real gift from one of her boyfriends. Her boyfriend gave her a first edition copy of a book she had loved since she was 12 years old. And she said it was a sappy novel called The Pursuit of Love. The Most important thing was not that she had a copy of this book because she had copies of this book. The Most important thing was that he listened when she told him about the novel, and he understood how important it was to her. When she received the gift, she was not grateful for the book, she was grateful for being seen. So events in the everyday world um, overcome our isolation. And, And I think all of our practices help us to erode the isolation, that is always a feature of our individualistic consciousness. So Zen brings us into the wholeness of the moment, interrupts the confinement um, of our self-centered plans and projects, and all of our other practices flow from there—precepts, bowing, chanting, ariyokhi. When we see our wholeness. We feel grateful. We feel grateful to the Sangha for the life and connection it gives us. We feel grateful for all the beings that have enabled us to live. Have you ever had a serious illness? Uh, I had one a few years ago and was really grateful that my doctors. Uh, you know, had gotten the education that they did and and the nurses did. And even the receptionists, I was really grateful for the receptionists. And I was especially grateful for the technicians that I uh, saw every day for um, nine weeks because they were unfailingly friendly. And it just was so uh, um, it was so touching I feel uh, Helped and welcomed in that way. Have you ever started to uh, make a seriously wrong move and someone alerted you to the danger? When I I was in college, um, I was riding in a car. um, The wife of one of my professors was driving, and there were like four students in the car. She, She had come to a Intersection where the pretty main highway and we were at a stop sign, and she started, you know, slowly kind of creeping out. I I thought she was creeping out, so she she was trying to see the traffic that was coming, but she kept creeping and creeping, and there was this huge monster truck coming, and uh, I I finally said to her, "Ernie, that's a truck," And, and it finally dawned on her what was happening, and she startled, and she looked at me and she said. How could you say that so calmly? Um, Sometimes we have this opportunity, though, to uh, really make a difference in somebody's life. I once uh, was waiting at a corner to cross the street and traffic was heavy and a stranger, a guy I didn't know, stepped off the curb, he was waiting for the walk signal, and, and I think he didn't realize he was in the path of the traffic. So I, I tapped his shoulder and motioned him back, and he realized what was going on, you know, and he was very grateful. Um, it's possible sometimes that we have the opportunity to intervene in someone's life uh, in a way that breaks through the isolation that you we know, almost all, always feel. Sometimes each of us gets the chance to do some small thing that is profoundly helpful. Sometimes each of us gets the chance to be the catcher in the rye. Whenever that happens, we break through to a profound truth. Wow, things might not have gone so well. Wow. we were People who have helped us. And our Zen practice recognizes this, it recognizes this in our bowing, in the way we dedicate our practice to others. In our Oryoki meal ritual, we dedicate our meal to those who have helped us. The, the, uh, the full text of, of the ritual is in your chant books. Um, thanks to Bill for putting that together for all of us. But um, I want to bring your attention to the end of the dedication that we chant. Before we actually begin eating, we chant these lines. We say, first, this is for the three treasures. Next, for the four benefactors. Finally, for the beings in the six realms, may all be equally nourished. We express our gratitude by taking our meal for the sake of the three treasures, for the sake of Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And at the same time, you know, we actualize the most fundamental of the Bodhisattva precepts by taking refuge in the three treasures. Next, we dedicate it to the four benefactors. This is a a Japanese concept. Four benefactors are our parents our teachers, our leaders, and our homeland. That's the way the Japanese saw it. Maybe it's a little bit more nationalistic than our modern sensibilities. Instead of homeland, we might list Great Earth itself as our benefactor. And finally, for the beans in the sixth realms, they all be equally nourished. Before we eat, We offer our food to all of those who have nourished us, who continue to nourish us, and even those who have harmed us or hindered us, and even those that we have harmed. We make the offering to all beings. And then we chant, the first portion is to end all evil. The second is to cultivate all good. And the third is to free all beings. We give the reasons why we are nourishing ourselves. These these three uh, statements are, are the first, are the three pure precepts. And really there are they are the elemental ways in which we try to practice. This section of our meal ritual gives us the insight that our precepts fundamentally express our gratitude. They return the kindness that we have received. And in this ritual, we conclude the dedication by saying, may we all realize the Buddha way. It's really lovely when a community of practitioners comes together to affirm the wish that all of us will realize the Buddha way. Our practice of expressing our gratitude and in fact, all of our practice has the quality of eroding our isolation. The most fundamental aspect of our practice, the aspiration to awaken is the resolve that all will awaken. May we all realize the Buddha The hope, you know, that I would awaken is not the fullest expression of way-seeking mind. It's where we start, and we wish to benefit from from practice. But it's gratitude that matures our practice. When we realize how great a gift we've been given, we naturally want to share it. We want to give it back. And So our Zen practice always helps us come more fully into moment. Helps us to be able to see into the deeply cooperative nature of this moment. We have terms like interdependent co-arising, emptiness, and impermanence. These are all ways of expressing the cooperative nature of moment. In every activity we undertake, we are never alone. Moment contributes its energy. From one perspective, we might say that the energy of moment flows through us. One of the reasons I love music so much is that it, uh, it shows this so vividly. And this experience is available to us even in the simplest music, even in our chanting in Zen. In music, you might be singing or playing an instrument, but you intuitively know that the intonation, the rhythm, the feeling of the other musicians is guiding your breath and your fingers and making your sound. It's One of the real benefits of music is that chance to have the experience of not standing in the way of this, of not asserting self against this. You may not even be so conscious of it. It's just the way things are. But if you were to somehow cease to be open to moments, what would become of your music? I think a generous heart arises from a recognition of the fundamental richness of moment. We see how much we really have been given. We see that really we are the energy of moment. It doesn't flow through us, it is us. We are grateful. So I find myself thinking of how the precepts flow out of our gratitude. And I know that gratitude is one of the things that matures our practice, that makes it less selfish. I'm not sure whether zazen arises out of that gratitude or the deep seeing of zazen is what permits gratitude to arise.